You're listening to the Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast. I'm your host, Angela Sanchez, beauty business mentor and founder of Beauty Business Co. I want you to believe that you can achieve anything if you set your mind to it. I'll be interviewing leading beauty industry professionals and discovering exactly what drove them to becoming the hashtag beauty boss they are today. Are you ready to be inspired? You're listening to episode 56 of the Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast with today's guest, Marika Bucknell. Marika is the owner of You Little Beauty Ballarat and You Little Beauty Academy, specializing in lashes and brows, and her salon is evolving into introducing skin soon as well. On this episode, we speak about the importance of not going at it alone. Even if you have a team or if you are solo owned and operated in business, the power of leaning into community for support and hiring a coach has been game changing for Marika. Marika is strong and determined, but that doesn't mean she hasn't had her own setbacks and is ready to make sure you don't run into the same obstacles as she has. In fact, Marika has a free resource that you can download right now on how she built her six-figure lash and brow business. Head to youlittlebeauty.net slash links and grab it right now. Let's get into it. Marika, welcome to my virtual beauty lounge. It is so lovely to have you on the podcast today. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited. <laughs> Yay, it's so good. I can't wait to have you share your story about your journey from the industry. We've been connected through another one of our Beauty Boss Pro members, Peter, who yes. invited you onto the last Beauty Boss retreat, which was That's so right. lovely to get to know you a little bit more and a bit about your business. And again, it's just one of those things that brings our virtual connection into reality. And we, you know, have four to five days really together as, you know, a good amount of us that are all on our same journeys of building our businesses. And it was just so lovely that Peter recommended you to come to the retreat. And we've been able to get to know you further, but then also find out a little bit about what you're working on behind the scenes. And now we're working together to get that up and running from your courses. So I like to kick off the show with what your definition of a hashtag beauty boss is. Yeah. So for me, when I think of a beauty boss, I think of someone who is a powerhouse, someone who never gives up. She's an inspiring leader, an innovator. She juggles a lot, (laughs) as we all do, but she never stops pushing to create the life and the lifestyle of her dreams. I think a beauty boss isn't someone who never fails. She probably gets knocked down a lot, but what makes her a true beauty boss is that she just always continues to get back up again. So she rests if she needs to, but never quits. I feel like you just described exactly also who you are, because now that (laughs) I've gotten to know you and I'm working closely with you, I just feel like you are that powerhouse. You have, you know, really busy lifestyle with being a mama and husband that works away a lot. And I can just see continually striving and working towards your dreams and goals. So 
Yes, you're a, a great leader in that department. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I try to be anyway. <laughs> yeah. So let's hear your story. Where did it all begin? What led you getting into the industry? And tell us a bit about what you're doing today. Yeah, sure. So I grew up in a small country town in Donald in Victoria. So anyone who knows Victoria, it's about halfway between Melbourne and Mildura. At the time, there was about 1,500 people that lived in the town. So yeah, very rural. My mum was the local hairdresser. She had had her salon. She took over her salon for my nan. So combined, I think it's been over 70 years that they've had their business. So after school, we just, my sister and brother and I used to always go down to mum's salon and I would watch and I'm a very visual learner and I learnt hairdressing actually originally through my mum just from watching her. So um, she taught me how to cut and colour hair and I started just doing all my friends and family and really loved it. But I struggled with contact dermatitis. So I quickly sort of realised that hairdressing probably wasn't going to be you know, the right industry for me. And my mum had always said to me that she always wanted to be an interior designer. She had regretted sort of not studying that her whole life. And I thought, oh yeah, that sounds pretty good. (laughs) Maybe I want to be an interior designer. I don't want to regret not doing it. So I shifted to Melbourne when I finished year 12 and I studied a diploma of interior decoration and design, which a lot of people don't know that about me. I started working in the industry. I think I was in the industry um, about six months. I actually got fired from my first job. It was my first and only job in the industry, first and only one I've ever been fired from as well. And I think I thought I was doing really well, but yeah, possibly it just wasn't, you know, wasn't the right place for me. So I just started working at Target. Sorry, I'm going to rephrase that. I have a bad habit of saying just for things that I do. So trying to stop doing that. As I was working at Target, every time I was driving home, I kept driving past this beauty school and I thought, that looks pretty cool. They did lashes and nails and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, while I was working casually, I thought, oh, I'm just going to give it a go. Why not? So I did my certificate in nails as well as an eyelash course. And then I went on to study a diploma of makeup as well. So I just sort of picked and chose, you know, the things that I was sort of interested in learning. So I got a job in, you know, some salons in Melbourne. I moved around a lot. I don't think I had a job for longer than probably six months because I was just, I was struggling, really struggling to find that place for me. I was finding I was getting treated really poorly in a lot of the salons. And I started going around to all these different salons as a client, trying to find somewhere that felt like a good fit for me. So at the time I was extremely overweight. I was very depressed. I wasn't in a good place in my life, definitely. And I was just feeling really crappy about myself. And I was going into all these salons and, you know, really searching for something, a place for me, I think, you know, not just as a client, but as someone, somewhere to work as well. And while I was doing that, I just saw this really big gap in the industry because I realized the effect that the people working in the salon were able to have on me what they could have potentially given to me they didn't so I think when you know when you're going into salons and you're feeling bad about yourself you're not confident you know we really do have the ability to change the way someone feels about themselves and I was going into these salons and just thinking they're not doing that for me and I realized this you know as a real realization for me of what I thought 
they should be doing and what I felt like I could do for my clients. So I started thinking, I want to do this for myself. I want to be able to work for myself and create this environment that I'm not getting where I'm working and then I'm not getting as a client when I'm going into salons either. So I started looking around for places that I could rent to open my own salon in Melbourne and quickly realized that it was going to be pretty expensive (laughs) to be able to do that. And I wasn't yeah, definitely wasn't happy in Melbourne either. So quickly realized that Melbourne sort of wasn't for me. And I ended up shifting to Ballarat about 11 years ago now. It's freezing cold. So the regret is definitely real now. But yeah, I originally, I got a job in a nail salon and I worked from home doing lashes for probably, I think 12 months it was until I'd built up enough money to open my own salon. So 10 years ago, I opened my salon. I bought the building where I was opening. It was in this just completely dead area. There's only three other shops. It's just in a, yeah, it's not in a commercial area at all. And when we were setting up the salon, I had all these old ladies walking past with their dogs popping their heads in and they'd be all saying, oh, love, you're spending way too much money on this shop. Nothing's ever survived in here. And I was thinking, oh, my God, what have I done? I thought, you know, this shop's jinxed or something. Anyways, I opened the salon. Within 12 months, I had two employees and we were honestly busier than what we could handle. I had always had the, the problem of having too many clients, luckily, too many clients for the team members I was able to have on. So, Yeah, over the years, I've just branched out into other services. I branched out into cosmetic tattooing about eight years ago and more recently have completed my training to become a lash trainer. And then while I was on maternity leave, two weeks after my daughter was born, we went into our first lockdown. For anyone who's in Victoria would know how long they went for. It was, you know, a pretty crappy stage in business and in life, having a newborn through lockdown as well. But I used that time to create an online academy and I now run an academy through the salon as well as the online part of it and a Lash Supplies online store as well. And yeah, from there, I'm just sort of gradually branching out into different things. We're just about to branch out into skin. Yeah, so my business has changed a lot over the years. It, It did start as just nails and lashes and we're sort of going into, you know, other things as we're sort of, you know, industry is evolving. But yeah, I mean, there's been a huge amount of ups and downs over the years, a lot of downs, unfortunately, but there's been some amazing ups as well. And I think I've got to the stage now since I think taking on a business coach, as well as, like you said, going to that retreat earlier in the year, I definitely have, I feel like I've have some pretty incredible people around me, an amazing support system now that I'm proud of what I have built in my business up until this point. But it blows my mind, I think, now that I can see the potential of, you know, where it can take me now, now that I've got, you know, that great support system around me. So that would probably be my biggest thing that I would say to anyone, you know, in the industry or thinking of getting in the industry to just make sure you have, you know, a support system around you because it can be lonely having a business if you don't have that and you don't have sort of like-minded people around you as well. So, yeah, that's sort of how I started, I guess, to where I am now. Yes, I love that. So much potential there. And that, I guess it's the, you know, when you're thinking about those people that say, you know, nothing survived in that area of the town or or (laughs) sometimes it comes down to who's actually going into the shop and how they can shift and pivot into areas where it's going to solve problems for the people that are actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. 
Yeah. So, so when we opened, there was only four shops there. There was only one other shop that was operating. The other two, well, the other three, so the, mine was the third, were closed. So there was only one operating shop. So it was a risky move, but I think I was confident that I had the clients that would follow me from, you know, from home, that they would follow me anywhere. And, you know, since then, the other shops have opened. We've brought, you know, quite a lot to that area. So, yeah, it's, I think things grow where you're you know, you put the effort in. Yeah, absolutely. And so which hurdles do you continually see popping up when it comes to running a beauty business? Yeah. So I think for me, probably the thing I have always found the hardest is staffing being the biggest challenge. I've always found it really hard to find team members and team members that, you know, I guess, really good at what they do and willing, you know, wanting to sort of grow. I think there's definitely been a big shift in the industry, particularly in the services that we offer being, you know, predominantly lashes and brows. It is really easy for people to work from home. So, yeah, I think a lot of the time people do the their training and then they're not really that interested in working for people. So I think, you know, being in an industry that seems to have sort of a pretty quick turnover of staff too I think it just does make it hard to yeah find that right team that's that's good you know good for your business and that you're good for them as well I've been pretty lucky in the 10 years that I've had the business I've only lost one team member to another salon but all the other team members have either shifted away from the cold (laughs) or you know they've moved into other industries so I think that's probably definitely a challenge I think with our industry is getting people to stay in it long term and I think pricing is probably another hurdle with the services we offer you know there's so many people doing them from home so cheap and I think it really does devalue the services and the industry as well so that that's probably the main challenge I think that I've definitely ran into in business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Which I guess in saying that then it's great because you've put your knowledge and expertise together in working on your own money mountains there with, okay, if this is going to be a challenge where it's, um, you know, if you're not going to expand your team to be really, really large and you're just going to have a small team and service the clients to maximum capacity, as you had said, you booked out quite far in advance as well. But then looking at avenues and how you can increase your income streams and you are stepping into the coaching space yourself, which is so, so exciting for people to be mentored underneath you because you have an incredible business. You do create a great team culture and yeah, you're someone to learn from. So it is really, really great again to lean into mentors that have walked in the same path as where you want to go as well. We all started from nothing to something, whether we're starting from home or not. And it really is important to work with people that I guess inspire you to kind of, as you had said in the the beginning, like create a business that's aligned with their dreams and their goals and who they want to be as a person. And also, you know, exactly what they want to build it out to be, not just do you want to stay in your room from home or where do you want that to go as well? Yeah, so I'm so excited for what you're going to be building in the future. (laughs) Thank you. I think I'm very open to change at the moment. And I think it's something that, you know, I think when you open a business, I think you really have to be, you know, my business that I have now is a completely different business to the one I originally set up. And it's because I've, you know, things have changed in the industry. I've changed my, you know, I I now have a, a, a daughter, you know, your what you want out of your business definitely changes. And I think it's important to 
you know, work towards, you know, not being shut off to change. Cause I think for a very long time I was, and now that I've sort of opened it up and I'm, you know, taking advice for people and, you know, it can change your business so much if you're just open to, you know, change and, yeah. you know, taking people's advice. Yeah, absolutely. So you had mentioned about having your support network around you being important when you're starting out. How do we get a support network in the first place? Because for you, I hadn't met you before the retreat and it wasn't, I guess it was from you being close with Peter, who's also in the same town as you. Do you have a close community in Ballarat? And then for the listener, what are your two top important tips for them starting out in their own business? Yeah, so the community thing, I have to admit, I found really hard. So I would have said before going to the Beauty Boss Retreat, I would have said Peter was probably my only support, apart from my mum, obviously. I know that sounds bad. My only support as in with someone who knows a lot about the industry. I have a good support with my family and that, but I think it's very different for people you know, unless you're in the industry, I think you don't know the industry. You don't know as much how to support someone who's, you know, trying to build a business in the industry. So I think, you know, when I I reached out to Peter just before Christmas and, you know, was I was probably not in the best place in my business. I had a team member who was my replacement for me when I was going on maternity leave that was moving on. And I was just in this stage where I just thought, I just, I'm not sure you know, if I want to do it anymore. Like I really was, you know, my my life had changed a lot since having my daughter. My priorities had changed a lot. And I just thought, oh, I just, you know, another team member leaving, having to think of the work involved in training another one up. And so, yeah, so I reached out to Peter and she recommended two things to me, my um, a business coach and the beauty boss retreat. And I have to say those two things combined have been an absolute game changer for me. So the business coach has been able to just help me set clear goals. You know, I've completely changed my business in the six months that I've been with him because I was open to it and I've put in a huge amount of work in that time. So that was an amazing support for me, as well as going to the Beauty Boss Retreat. I met so many incredible women there that have continued to support me. It wasn't just support while I was on the retreat. I'm actually getting a little bit emotional. (laughs) You know, they reach out all the time. They, you know, comment on your things. It's, it really does feel like I just have this amazing network around me now that if I was struggling with something, I could reach out to like-minded people, you know, that would be able to help me. Whereas I, up until this point, probably I didn't have that. So yeah, I I would definitely recommend if anyone listening, if you are someone who, you know, does struggle with that, if you are finding it lonely, having your own business and you don't feel like you have like-minded people around you that understand, I think definitely going to a retreat like Beauty Boss Retreat or, you know, investing in a business coach definitely is, you know, the way to go. Say there's no such thing as mistakes. They're all like opportunities for learning, but yeah, definitely. Like anyone can make is not actually, you know, like saying yes and and leaning into support as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thinking that you've gone this whole ten years without having what you have now around you, that makes me sad. And I know there are so many business owners out there that are doing it alone. You know, even if you have a team under you, 
it is like, luckily your mum is in the industry and can understand, but family is different to speak to when it comes to things about what's going on in your day. So yeah, it is so, so important to make sure that you are a part of a community where you can feel safe and vulnerable to ask questions and yeah, know that you're in a trusted place, like a container where you can ask questions and feel supported to be able to move forward rather than, you know, not just a venting place, but actually taking those actionable steps and implementing them to help you. Yeah. And I think if you don't have support with people that in the industry or understand the industry, I think, you know, I had a lot of people around me that thought that they were being really supportive by, you know, if I was struggling with different things and saying, oh, I just don't know if I can do it anymore. Or, you know, any of those sort of negative things that you start telling yourself, you know, if you don't have someone in the industry that can, you know, really guide you and help you and and give you suggestions and, you know, you have people around you that are saying, well, you know, they're looking at it as that they want you to be happy. So they're more saying, you know, well, don't do it anymore then. Why don't you just close a business then or do this or do that, you know, and they think that they're helping and, you know, they are to a certain extent for how they are, you know, able to help you when they don't have the knowledge in the industry. But I think if you have people around you that have, you know, the knowledge or they've done it before or, you know, they've been through what you have been through, you know, they're able to give advice for things that can really make big changes in your business rather than just, I will stop doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I know. It's very easy to sort of just go along with the story and make you feel good out of that situation. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing. Did you have anything else to share with that? So as two important tips for Yeah, for the aspired beauty boss listener when they're starting out. Yeah, okay. I think the first one would be watch out for that whole the grass is always greener type thing. So I think if you spend too much time, you know, looking over the fence at other businesses at how grass, how green their grass is, you know, like yours is going to die because you're not spending enough time watering it. So I think, you know, it's important to be, so busy watering your own grass that you don't have time to worry about how green anyone else's is. I think there's, you know, you can really fall into that trap of comparing yourself to other businesses and other people, which I definitely have done through a lot of, you know, my business. And it's only been in the last probably six months that I've really made an effort to, you know, even unfollow pages or anyone on social media that if they make me feel bad about myself. So if you're following other businesses that, you're not using or you're not seeing it as inspiration, what the amazing things they're achieving, if it's making you feel bad or making you feel like what you're doing isn't good enough, I just think unfollow them, you know, make sure you're following things that are inspiring you to do better, not that are, you know, drawing you back and making you feel like you're never doing good enough. The other probably main tip that I would have, which is probably a super boring answer, is to know your figures. I buried my head in the sand for a really, really long time with this in my business. And I think if, you know, if I had have really looked at my figures a lot sooner than what I did, my business would be in a completely different place. So, you know, as boring as it is and as hard as it is, figure out your break even so you know exactly how much it costs you to operate and provide those services to the clients. Don't just you know, price your services based on what other people are pricing. You have to make sure you're covering your costs so and charging what you're worth as well. Yeah, that's a really big one. A lot of people do say that it's um 
Yeah, really easy to sort of just dive in and get started and undercharge your worth and just hope that, you know, clients are walking through the door and then you get to that point where it's really actually hard to increase your prices to a point where you're making it profitable because you've charged too little. So especially in the lash and brow industry, I would say that that's a, a big one. So yeah, just making sure you do, you know, your numbers and what your costings are, but then also looking at, yeah, not comparing yourself to other salons was a big one, especially with social media. I think it's really overwhelming sometimes to see the content hamster wheel, just getting in your way of what you should be doing and what others are doing. So you've done the right thing there by unfollowing anyone that may trigger you in a non-inspiring way. And if you're yeah. using social media for personal, then I think it's important to like put a limit on that. But from a business perspective, I always speak about, you know, using it as that strategy and fuel for you to be inspired, but making sure that it's laser focused time as well. So that browsing period where you're using it for business needs to be capped so that you don't go down that hamster wheel of like, yeah. like how am I ever going to produce anything like that? And yeah, use that time wisely for saving audios and, you know, different things that you think you want to try and recreate for your industry, if it's looking at other industries as well. But then using other time that's in the calendar and plan it out when you're going to actually implement and batch record and batch create your content as well, because then you get into that staying in your own lane zone and not worrying about the grass being greener on the other side because you have a plan of attack. Yeah, and I think that's something that's made such a massive difference in my business with the social media. Like, you know, when I first started my business, social media was, I mean, it existed, but not like what it does now. It was, you know, we were fully reliant on word of mouth, but it is so important now, social media. And I think, you know, I definitely, before the retreat, I definitely didn't commit enough time to it. And now I actually allocate time every week to work on my social media and you know, I, the growth that I've seen in my business in the time, in that amount of time since I have been, you know, really committing to it and putting in the work has just been mind blowing. Like it's definitely has been worth it. So I know, you know, I always had the mindset of, you know, if, if I block out time though, that's time that I could be doing a client. But the growth that by blocking out that time has given my business was worth losing out on, you know, that one client that you couldn't fit in. Yeah. Yeah. So true. That's a really good point because I think also even looking from like investing in your education. So time Mm -hmm. to aside to work on your personal development, business development, and obviously like in clinic and stuff, whether it's product knowledge But, you know, then setting a time for that implementation, because obviously we teach so much inside Beauty Boss Pro, but then are you going to use that information to fuel your business and help scale and grow? Or is it just sort of that, you know, constant listening, but never taking action? So it's, Mm. I love the momentum that you've had. I can see a huge difference from when I first met you to now, you know, what you're doing and the batch creation and recording has made a huge difference for you know, the limited time you have too between working on the floor and working on the business and looking after your family as well and still being able to execute so much. Yeah. I love that. So with saying that, what three apps can you not just live without anymore? (laughs) So I think the main one would probably be the the scheduling app for my 
social media content because I am so consistent with it. I do, you know, I have posts going up all the time. So I love being able to schedule everything. So then I just, I basically, I usually run my social media being at least one to two months in advance. We do, you know, at least one post a day. So I find if I'm not that far ahead, I get really stressed. So I plan all my marketing 12 months in advance. I know for each in each two month block, what we're going to be promoting. And then I create all of my social media content around that. So it's all pre-planned when I've blocked out the time to create the reels. I know exactly what I'm creating them for, because I've already, you know, I know what I'm going to be marketing in my business in six months time. So yeah, being able to schedule that content in has made yeah life so much easier. The second one for me is not business related, but it'd be Spotify kids. So <laughs> every single time I get into the car, my daughter wants a more Elsa, more Emma. She either wants to listen to Frozen or The Wiggles. And if I don't put that on, life's not worth living. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely makes life easier having Spotify kids for sure. (laughs) And I think what would be the third one? I think it would be a tie between Messenger and photo editing app. No, sorry, I'm going to say my Canva app. I spend a huge amount of time on Canva preparing, you know, social media content, all that. So I just find... It is such a good program. And yeah, I like that it's got an app that I can use it on my phone as well if I'm sort of, you know, I don't like wasting time. So if I'm ever in a waiting room, usually I'm sitting there editing stuff on camera or, you know, doing things like that. So yeah, that would probably be my main ones. Awesome. Yeah, I do love that Canva has its app because we obviously upload so much from our phone as well. So I've never been that person to kind of create on the desktop and then get it into my phone that way. But if you are creating on your desktop and then have the Canva account, it's already in the app. So yeah, it's great because you can remove backgrounds, you can create moving graphics, which then turn it into video. And when social media is favoring video content right now, you want to be making sure that you're utilizing the tools within these creation apps as well. So Yeah. And I think Canva operates really well for people that don't really, you know, like I wouldn't say that I'm tech savvy, but I think I can pretty confidently make some images that look quite good and look like, you know, it wasn't just a home job. No. Um, And because there's so many templates, you can just edit and, you know, yeah, edit to your brand colors and all that. It's so much, so easy to do it. Yeah. And I think what is easy, like for you to say it's easy is because you actually do have your brand template, a part of like Canva, or you've got, you know, you've had your brand colors done, you know, your fonts that you use. So, because I think also like anything, you can go into the Canva app and there are so many templates and it's like, oh, well, which one should I use? And then it can be something that's totally not related to like what your brand yeah. is. And so- like, I have a lot of photos uploaded as well into ours. So, you know, if it's lashes, I've got a heap of lashes. I've got a heap of brows. I've got a heap of every service that we do as well as our logo and all of that all preloaded in there. So if I am creating a graphic that's for, I don't know, let's just say we're doing a, an eyelash promo, I've got all the content in there to just, you know, easily transfer into whatever I'm working on so makes it so much easier and yeah you can just click on whatever template you want and then just click to edit it to your brand colors it's amazing 
Yeah, it is so good. Very nifty app to have. What is one thing that you are constantly searching for when it comes to support in what you do daily? So I think for me, I'm probably always searching for support in balance. So I do, I mean, I know you said that I do it well, but I do struggle with the daily hustle, trying to find that work-life balance with, you know, my daughter. Obviously I'm, you know, spending a huge amount of time working on my business as well as working in my business. And I do have a, my husband lives away from home. So my husband's only home on a Sunday. So yeah, it is, you know, I'm in a big growth stage of my business and my daughter's only two. So I just find that it's a constant juggle. And I do find, I never really understood mum guilt when people talked about that, but I think it definitely is a, a thing, especially when you're a high achiever, which I think I am. I'm always striving to do better in my, in my business. And I think, you know, it's hard when you're getting that pull from both. I always do find it hard to just get that juggle right. I feel like sometimes my business needs me more. Sometimes my daughter needs me more. And I struggle to sometimes find that perfect balance between the two. But so I think for me, what I would be, the main thing I would be searching for is support to get that balance better. So for for me, at the moment, what I'm really trying to work on in my business is getting better processes set up. So, you know, if I have new team members that come on board, there's a process for how we, you know, put them on so that then, and a process of how I do everything in my business. So then I'm able to delegate those jobs a little bit more rather than, you know, trying to do it all, all myself. And yeah, I think I'm gradually getting there. I've, I've definitely delegated a lot more to my team team and I think they love it they like having that responsibility of doing more and feeling like they're you know more a part of your vision for your business as well yeah that is so good and it takes practice to start to lean into people around you that <laughs> and ask for help like I, yes, find I mean I I was that typical person that was just like by the time I explain to you how to do it, I may as well have just done it myself. Or that mindset of, well, you know, I'm just going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to fix it anyway if they have done it. But my business coach said to me, you know, like even if you give someone a job and they do it to 80% of how you would do it, if you only have to go in and fix that, you know, 20%, isn't that better than doing 100% yourself? And I was just like, it was like this light bulb moment for me that I was just like, oh my God, I've been doing it wrong all these years <laughs> just because I didn't want to let go of those reins and, you know, believe that someone else can probably hold the reins just as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone can do our business as well as what we can, but if that 80% is done, then you can actually, like imagine having a team of 80 percenters, right? And how yeah. you can grow your business from being able to delegate to other people. And that's also meaning in the home too, like as mum guilt can come up as well, but how can you outsource things in your house? Like maybe having a cleaner so that you can spend that time with family rather than having that overwhelm of like, I've been working all week, but then I've got to do everything within the house too. Or maybe you want to outsource some meals or start like a meal train with a group of friends or something like that. I think it's something I'm personally working on too, but asking for help is not an easy task sometimes because we are so driven in our businesses, but when it comes to our personal lives as well, it is, yeah, just really important to think of like, okay, who's in my personal life team too? And how can I delegate more to those things? So it can give me back time in areas where you can, yeah, feel present with family too. Yeah, for sure. 
And I think it's definitely hard to get over that mindset of thinking that, you know, especially with stuff around the house. I agree. I do have a cleaner now since I went back to work, you know, a lot more days. It was hard for me to do that because I had that mindset of, well, that's my job. That's, you know, but I think I look at it and think, you know, I'm really trying to do things in my life that bring me joy and that, you know, and cleaning is not one of them. (laughs) I find (laughs) I don't get a hell of a lot of time with my family. So I don't want to be cleaning when I do have that time. So I think, you know, taking those responsibilities and passing them on to someone else that, you know, can probably do it quicker anyway, because it's their job. They're not getting distracted by other stuff. You know, I start yeah. cleaning the house and find ten in other things that I have forgotten to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. And it's a work-life blend. I think I took balance out of the dictionary for us all because I don't think it exists, you know, like yeah. blending business and life. It needs to be something that's working for us because it's not about kind of, yeah, one scale being higher than the other. Yes. Yeah. So, but I do think you're doing an incredible job and it's oh, so- thank you. Yeah, it's easy to see from an external side. Like I had said, you do it so well, but then I do also know that you do it like 150%, but then we don't want those other things of family and stuff getting into the overwhelm of the mind. So I guess that's also coming across from, you know, the comparisonitis that we can have with other business owners or on social media too. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors for them. So it's not always that yeah, shiny external Instagram reel that we always see, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any specific routines that you stick to, to set your day up for success? Do you know, it's probably not going to be the answer you're hoping that I would say. (laughs) I'd love to say yes, that I have these, you know, amazing routines that I stick to. I think after going to the Beauty Boss Retreat, I definitely did try and implement a lot. I learned a lot. I realized at that retreat that I definitely wasn't you know, I didn't have any me time or I, I definitely wasn't setting my days up for success at all. But I think one thing I've learned is to be as organized as I can the night before. So I make sure that I've always made Hadley's lunch and tidied the house and done all of that so that it's not as much of a rush the next day. I always set my alarm a lot earlier than when I need to get up, but probably the main specific thing that I do is I there's a poem that's called Don't Quit that I read every single morning. And since I've been doing that, I think it just gets me in this really good mindset that, yeah, sets the day up for success, I think. I love that. That's so good. We'll have to get it off you and share it in our group. because I can read it to you reading. if you like. Or... Oh, yeah. Can you? Is that all right? Yeah, for sure. Don't quit. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must but don't quit. Life is strange with its twists and turns as every one of us sometimes learns and many a fellow turns out when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow, you may succeed with another blow. Often the gold is nearer than it might seem to a fair and faltering man. Often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup. And he learned too late when night came down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your hardest hit. It's when things seem worse that you mustn't quit. Oh, I have goosebumps. That was beautiful. 
It's such a good poem. It, my mom, actually, mom and dad used to have it on the back of the toilet door. And even as a kid, I just used to, like, we had three toilets in our house. We had quite a, you know, a bigger house when I was growing up. And I would always choose that toilet. <laughs> I loved motivational quotes even back then as, as a kid. And I used to just read it. So I, I think I had read it every day growing up. And I've just continued to do so. And I think it's, yeah, it definitely makes a difference. I think what you tell yourself and what you read, it definitely can have a massive impact on your day and and how you set it up. Yeah, yes, 100%. Like podcast listening and songs in the morning to get you going. Yes. It's really powerful. Like we've got, there's amazing apps out there now actually that kind of give you affirmations every few minutes, but I also just have some reminders on my phone that come up every 15 minutes, I think it is. And they're all different ones and they are specific to some of the goals that I want to achieve, but they are all really empowering things that remind me that I'm, you know, I need to not quit. (laughs) So yeah, I love that. I'll have to get that off of you. Yeah, I will send it to you. So let's move on to some rapid fire questions. What is the best Mm -hmm you've ever read so probably the most game-changing one for me was it's called your salon retail which is by lisa conway she's the owner of zing which is who i go through with my business coaching but i think it was a huge mind shift for me reading that book she gives you sort of lots of tools to implement into your salon with retail i was definitely you know I've, i've always seen retail or you know thought retail was pushy or you know i've never really done much retail in my business but yeah since starting with my business coach and in particularly reading this book it's just yeah it's been a, a big game changer for me and seeing you know really looking at retail as part of the service that you're providing for the client mm-hmm. so yeah it's made a huge difference in my business yeah. reading that I'll find out where our listeners can go and shop. I'm assuming that she has it for an online sale or is it just for clients who work in the coaching? No, no, it's definitely for online. You can, it, there's audio versions as well. If for people oh, great. Say that they don't like reading, I think she has three books. I haven't read the other two yet. I've just started with the Your Sell and Retail, but she does have one that's, yeah, team and I've forgotten what the other one is, but yeah, she's just extremely down to earth, straight down the line. Like it's, I love it. It really spoke to me. It's yeah. made a big difference for how I've seen implementing retail for sure. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing. Who is someone that you would love to meet in person? So I would love to meet the comedian Carl Barron. <laughs> I just find him <laughs> hilarious. So he has got me out. I've never met him, but he watching his videos has got me out of some pretty crappy times in my life. I found him initially when I was in high school. I was suffering de- from depression at the time and I had one friend who I was, you know, really open and honest with. He was a really good support for me. And this one night I just remember I was really down and I was messaging him and uh, there was a knock on the door and I went to the front door and there was this DVD there that just had this post-it note on it and said watch me so I was like oh okay and I was watching it and it was like a comedian I was thinking this I don't want to sit and watch a comedian when I'm upset like I'm not even going to find it funny and I was trying so hard not to laugh and oh my god I was just nearly wet my pants he's, I just find him so hilarious I would just love to meet him to see if he's like what he's like in person if he's like I always wonder that if comedians are just like an absolute scream to be around in person or if they're not really like that in their everyday life yeah, it would be interesting, actually. Yeah, I, I just wonder what they're like at Christmas. Like, are they, <laughs> do their family hate them? Like, are they being around the Christmas, they were just joking all the time or are they not like that? I don't know. 
I'd love to yeah. know. <laughs> be very interesting. <laughs> and yeah, laughter is the greatest medicine, I have to say. Ah, it definitely is. Yeah, for sure. What is something you would jump at if you knew you wouldn't fail? So I think I really love public speaking. I used to do public speaking quite a lot in high school and I I really love it. I'd love to, if I knew I couldn't fail or if I had something I think people would find motivating enough, I'd love to do like motivational speaking. Anytime I watch someone sort of doing a speech or a presentation that I find really inspiring, I just, it makes me think, oh, I wish that was me. Oh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to have that impact on people that those, you know, those speakers were having on me. Or probably the other thing would be business coaching. You know, I've learned so much in the six months that I've had with my business coach and, you know, like have seen the impact that you are able to have on clients' businesses. I'd love to be able to help people in that way, help their businesses grow and help them with their personal development as well. Yeah. Oh, well, you're already literally stepping into that space. It might not (laughs) as the big stage vision, but like you being here on this podcast right now, you would not imagine the amount of impact you're having on the listener right now because you kind of have to think like that though. Like there's people that have been walking in the same similar shoes as you, you know, or stepping into motherhood and not quite knowing how to sort of get into that, the mindset of continuing on with your business. And so, yeah, podcasters are really, really great, like for stepping into that public speaking space too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, stay tuned then. (laughs) Yeah. What's one thing you've procrastinated about this week? I'm going to say as much as I've just been saying how I'm, you know, really committed with our social media, one thing I struggle with with social media is the stories. I I find I'm consistent with posts and consistent with, you know, making the reels, but I really do procrastinate showing up on stories. So that's definitely something that, yeah, I need to sort of work on for sure because I, you know, I think, right, I'm going to show up and, and show my face at least you know, two or three times this week. And then I don't know, I just don't do it. I avoid it. And I think it's the content. I struggle to know with what people would want to hear from me. I think it just comes back to that self self doubt, I think, which I'm still working on. Yeah. Oh, we all are. And, you know, I think it's so great because you're so organized when it comes to all the content planning and you've yeah. record so many reels and they're ready for their day for you to, unfortunately, they don't have the automation for reels posting at the moment, but mm. you've got them ready. So like, cause from my perspective, it's like, oh yeah, I'll show up on stories. Cause I'm so in the moment of what I'm doing. And it's like, people love to see the behind the scenes of everybody's life. It's a weird thing that we love to see. So it is as simple as kind of taking them behind the scenes of your day because you yeah. have everything else planned. So it's not really about what they really want to hear or see in the midst of you educating through all the other things you're doing. It's just showing up as you, you know? Yeah. And I think that's something I definitely need to get my head around. It's something that, you know, at the Beauty Bros retreat when we had, oh, I've got a name that came and did the, with Reels training. Oh, um, yes, Monique. Yeah. And she was saying, you know, to, to show up and, you know, people want to see you. And I was thinking, oh God, no one wants to see me doing that. But it's monstrous, the impact that it has on your business and your, the amount, the interaction you get from your following once you actually do start showing up and showing you on there. Like I could have scrolled back before I went to that retreat. I could have scrolled back months before you would see a photo of me or anyone on my team. 
like probably a, over a year. I think we probably would have put one up from our Christmas party and that would be about it. That would be as much as you would see of us. And, yeah, it's unbelievable. And even just the interaction that clients, even in the salon, like they come in and say, oh, I saw you real. And, like, people really do love it. I just need to learn to transfer that to the stories, I think, because I'm a good planner. Um, it's the stuff that's, you know, a little bit more. Yeah, but yeah, I guess not off the cuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I like it. I think, right, I'm going to do my story. And I sit there and I have the phone in front of me and think, oh, my, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so easy so just start with putting the camera the other way around and literally yes. not showing your face show yeah, shelves instead thing. you know and then you can implement talking behind so don't put a song and then do the talking instead of showing your face and then you might build that confidence to flip the camera around and all with consistency that's yeah. a word that we use a lot because if you stop if you haven't done a Facebook Live for a while or if you've never pressed play on Instagram Live, of course it's going to be scary. But yeah. I can tell you, if you kind of set yourself a bit of a challenge where you're going to maybe go live once a week for, I don't know, a few months even and just have a few topics of what you're going to talk about, it just becomes a lot easier. I'm not going to say my heart still doesn't beat every time I press the big live button because you know, it is raw. You can't edit it. It's all just you. And if you stuff up, you know what? It's okay because yeah. make the mistakes and it's okay because they are more connected to you being your real authentic self than it being an edited full high resolution video. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. So if you were stranded on a deserted island with no Wi-Fi, what's one thing you wish you had with you? Do you know, I always struggle with these questions because I'm an information girl. Like I want to know, like, well, is there water there? Does that mean there's no food? Like what am I choosing between? <laughs> so I would say if I'm stranded on a deserted island and there's no water, water would be the thing that I would say because obviously you can survive without a lot of things but not water. But if there was water and, I don't know, berries that I could eat that wouldn't kill me, I'd probably say sunscreen. I'd hate to be on a deserted island and be hot without sunscreen. <laughs> I'd die of like sunburn or something. Gorge. Yeah. No, <laughs> I wouldn't have to worry a... about dying of starvation. I'd be melted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so true. No, we get that answer a lot because we're in the industry and we know how important it is. Yes, it's so true. <laughs> Uh, this has been so lovely. It's really nice to share you with our listeners here. So next for you, you've got a lot coming up. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your online academy. So because, yes. you know, you are in Victoria, so not everyone can get down to do your in-person training. And yes. you've been creating behind the scenes is absolutely amazing know that people can connect and learn from you and they can literally be anywhere in the world. So yeah. it's really, really exciting for the lash industry to know that they can learn from you. Yes. So when I first set up the online courses, I did have it just as evergreen. So people, you know, you could just train it at any one time, but I really wanted to be able to give people you know, more support than that. Cause I think it's really easy to, um, you know, join an online course and then just never do it. I've done that a million times with different things, but, or, you know, I didn't, I joined online courses and didn't feel like I got the support during or after. So what I've done now is I've changed, you know, since on your recommendation is changing it to 
you know, being an intake where, you know, the doors are closed. So when you sign up, you actually run through the course with me. So you, you get, um, you know, six live trainings with me throughout the duration of the course. And you also have that support of other people who are learning the same thing as you at the same time. So it really creates that little community, like what we were talking about before that, you know, I think is really important. So, you know, you're sort of learning from not just me, but from other people that are going through the same thing as you at the same time. And yeah, hopefully it, you know, helps you to build your community as well. And yes, we just do a lot of ongoing help with our students as well. So that's sort of something that, you know, I'm really focusing on at the moment is just that next intake into the Classic Lash course with the help of you and helping me so much with my marketing and all the social media and how to sort of run all of that so yeah it's been very eye-opening to me just the yeah all the social media stuff it's very Mm -hmm. um very (laughs) full-on but it is full-on without throwing you in the deep end of having to do it all but actually having a launch plan for your course to you know have people know that it's actually there is so important and it's like any beauty business owner I think we are popping out that we've got one promotion on Mother's Day, for example, and think that people are going to see it and book out our promotions, you know, but it takes a little bit more than that. So having a bit of a strategy behind what you're actually wanting to achieve is so, so important. And you being able to implement that, because I know you put so much work into creating your actual course to have it online in a portal where people can have access at to it and um, learn at their own pace. But then it's really about everyone knowing that it's actually there. So yes, I have. Yeah, and I think think something that I've sort of fallen in the trap of, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of business owners have fallen in that trap of like, you know, launching something that they think is really amazing and then no one buys it and they think, oh, well, that didn't work. No one wanted it. But, you know, it's usually because it hasn't been implemented as in you haven't got it out there. You know, you can't just start offering a new service or you know offering something different in your business don't tell anyone about it just chuck it on your price list and hope that you know it takes off and you know it's just amazing new venture for you it's not going to be unless you put in the effort and you you know spend that time and you know you plan and you know implement the marketing around that and then I think once you do the potential for that service or you know whatever you're trying to implement is just monstrous if you actually yep. plan the work into into it. Yeah, you know, and building a list is really important. Like I think we think of our email lists just for the clients that walk through your door and you add their details and add in the email address and then you just send out a newsletter to those people. But what about all the people that follow you on social media that could potentially be a customer for not an in-person service, but an actual retail product or for your instance here, moving into this online course space. So you've got, yeah, the potential to actually teach and make a bigger impact with the knowledge and expertise that you've built over, you know, your years in business. It's just amazing that there's so many people that need you and your help. So it's important to use your voice. And social media is a great platform in how to do that because, it allows you to reach a whole lot more people that would never see you if they walked past your shop. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So where can our listeners go and find you on social media now that we're chatting about that? And also we want to direct them if we do have any 
skin therapists that want to learn lashes or business owners that are bringing in team members who want to learn lashes or add lashes to your services or maybe you're even listening here thinking I would love to be able to start my own lash business and walk in the shoes of Marika. <laughs> so um, <laughs> tell everybody where they can go and find you and um, get a really great download that you've created for them. Yeah, thank you. So we're on Instagram and Facebook. So I do have two separate pages. So my salon page is You Little Beauty Ballarat on both Instagram and Facebook. And the Academy is You Little Beauty Academy on Instagram and Facebook as well. At the moment on my Academy website, which is youlittlebeautyacademy.net, we do have a free download that is called How I Built My Six-Figure Business in less than 12 months. So that's really amazing for anyone who's thinking of starting a beauty business or a lash business. It's just got some really amazing tips in there for, you know, what to do to, you know, implement a really great business right from the get-go because it can be really scary opening your own business and not really knowing exactly what to do. You know, clients don't always just magically show up you sort of there's things that you need to do to put the work in for that to happen so yeah it's a really good guide just for anyone that is interested in starting up a lash business and yeah from the academy page we've got all the information on our in person as well as online courses so yeah the online courses are amazing because you have access to that even once the course is finished so you know if anyone was interested in getting into lashes or even getting team members trained in in lashes I think it's a really good opportunity you know with the online training to be able to do that as well they can just continue to watch the videos over and over and over as well as get that you know ongoing support from me as well Yes. So yeah, it's suitable for anyone who's untrained as well. You don't have to have any prior skills. So even if you're not in beauty yet and you're just thinking about getting into beauty, it's a perfect opportunity as well. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'll add it to the show notes and also our social media graphics when we publish that episode too. So people can follow you you. easily. Thank you so much for today. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon and I'll talk to you really soon. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so appreciative. I had a great time. (laughs) No worries. See ya. Thanks, Ange. Bye.